Together we are. We are brutally honest, man. And I'm on it. Honest. I'm there. I'm full of energy today. Good. Same here, mate. Same here. What's going on? I think I've got sunburn. I think I've been locked up in a house so long. First day the sun's shining. I've got sunburn. I'll know in the morning. Maybe if you'd have kept your beard, it would have protected you from the burn. What happened to the beard? Yeah. Well, I've, the crime's done there. So that that um, CCTV footage ain't no good to no one. I got bored of finding food in it. Well, actually, she told me, like, what are you doing at? Get them. Oh, you got chips in your beard? I'm like, no. <laughs> you hiding Doritos while we're watching the film? I'm like, oh. yo, big up to all the subscribers and the watchers and that. This is episode twenty, which I feel like um, I feel quite glad to get to episode twenty, man. Why well, you just got very excited, then, didn't you? I am. I am excited. I'm oh. excited to play you my track, man. So um, Wait, let's in a preview let's to this show, yeah, uh, which people would have caught up with, um, I talk about an album by Bob Marley and the Whalers called Survival. Now, my track for today comes off of this album, um, and it's just a banger. Right, the track's called So Much Trouble in the World. One thing about this track, which reminded me of something, right? Every reggae track, pretty much every reggae track, starts with a drum fill. Check the one that starts this track. Every reggae track, every reggae track. You ever listen to Clint the Drunk? Clint the Drunk, I haven't. I'm going to send it to you, you can change your life. It's hilarious. It's just, uh, I think he's Nigerian. He does a brilliant routine about how a reggae song is put together. Um, I will send you, we'll put it in the box. So yeah, what's the significance of uh, Mr. Marley and his tune there? Well, we got to chatting in the last show about how um, I said to you, Reggae Music Sundays. And it got me thinking about things that happened when you were a kid that you kind of hold on to and become things in your adult life. So when I was growing up, every Sunday, it would be music. When I grew up, I'll be honest with my age, we like went from, we had a TV. We were the first in the street to have a TV. Do you know what I mean? And was we it 1930s? First, 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 How would you the first, first people in the street to have a TV? <laughs> I think it was a colour TV. I think it was a colour TV. Was this in the ghetto in St Albans? This is, this is back in Kettering, man. This is back well, in you did it, When you had one wheelie bin and you had to recycle separately. <laughs> Recycling back then. You know, you get door, you know. What are you talking about? You're the first people in the streets ever telling. So my dad, yeah, used to play like on a Sunday. It was always like music. It was always a music thing, and it was always reggae music. Just happened to be reggae music. So when I said to you that I have a reggae music Sunday, I realised this Sunday it's not really that. So I'm going to go back on that. I start off with reggae on a Sunday. Right. And then what happens? It kind of works its way up to. Then, Vivaldi and classical white music. It, it can is, do. Like, come it can on, do. man. We're coming out of the closet, we know, eventually. I it, feel it, man. It could go there. Embrace. It, embrace. It, there is a big black middle class in this country. We need to celebrate them and you. We embrace it. <laughs> them and you. Them and you, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you can have your reggae and occasionally have rice and peas, but it's a bit acidic on my stomach. because me heartburn. Hummus is just as good. You can have hummus and plantain. Plantain. <laughs> No embrace him, you make, embrace him, you've done well. You've got out of the ghetto of St. Albans. That's like saying three wheelie bins. You've got your remote control now for the TV. You don't even have to walk and press it like when you were the only people in the street that had one. You've done well, son. The boy done good. So yeah, basically music Sundays, man. Music Sundays is what I was talking about. And, uh, music Sundays now. Yeah. 
reggae music mornings, Sunday mornings. And then what happens it drift into? It kind of moves into David Rodigan on one extra, then moves okay. into Rampage Sound. Rampage. Like bad boy sound system, man. If you don't know about sound system culture, we'll talk about it in the next show. Okay, and then Miley Cyrus. And then Miley Cyrus. A bit of Taylor Swift to round it off. A bit Just of wrecking ball, you know what I mean? You even know the tunes. Yeah. For, for me, her whole family lost credibility when her dad done a duet with the Chipmunks. I didn't even know this happened. Billy Ray, mate. What happened to you, son? What happened to you? Next thing you know, your daughter's swinging around on a wrecking ball. If there's a link. Everything's got a link. Shane, I didn't even know that was his daughter. I've, it's it's no, seemingly I've, very obvious now, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. There's a clue in there. Let's look. Miley Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, mm. I'd never clock that. Mate, it's all, I'm all about education. You know that. I'm all about teaching people, spreading the words. So big ups, shout outs. I want to give out a quick big up to um, Neville's for reminding me of that album, Survival the Whalers. I want to big up um, Cam. Uh, and Anton, who started this thing called The Compound a few years ago. I don't know if you can see this, but um, the idea is to get kids off the street. They um, they do like calisthenic workouts, yeah? So like um, bar Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me you're wearing a sponsored product? Well, I bought this because I do the same oh, thing as exercise as them. Did they give this to you for free to advertise their work? Definitely not. No. On podcast. Yeah, should I get free stuff as well? Is are you sponsored by Calvin now? Calvin Klein. It is, yes, it, mate. Has Klein left the building? Me? It's my Martin McFly jacket. <laughs> so I'm going to laugh at my own joke there. If you catch it, if you clocked it, oh, good. Look, you in, it. look in the comments. <laughs> please, please don't encourage him. Because I watched Back to the Future, um, Back to the Future 2 yesterday. I watched 20 minutes of it. I couldn't take it. It's just rubbish. It's not dated well at all. Where did that come from? What, That's, Back to the Future? That, that, that Calvin, Klein. Calvin Klein. Martin McFly pretends his name's Calvin Klein. That's what, That's what they were talking about, the Roadman Dem, um, in the park. That's what they were talking about, in Back the to the Future Blood. I'll get, I'll get back That's to the park. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so what we've learned then is that you don't know that Calvin Klein was Martin McFly's alias in Back to the Future, and you're sponsored. You, you're taking money. No, 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 no. no. You're so, profiting, exploiting the Irishman yet again. They've done something really good. Um, Anton got uh, letters from the then Prime Minister. Cameron, just saying how impressed he was with the work he was doing in the community. Um, they kind of pushed the council to build outdoor parks. Um, when I say parks, like structures that you can do chin-ups, press-ups, and all kind of calisthenic workouts on. You know, man, he's done good. He's done like, good. really good. And then, um, yeah, Cam was recently on uh, ITV News talking of the same thing. They've built another park in Wellingborough in the Hemingway Estate, which has been known to be like... It's been struggling, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, yeah, it's been a really good thing. Loads of kids have um, decided to go a different way and actually. So basically, he's making young yobs fit and healthy so they can outrun the police and pump you, <laughs> you know in your mean? head. He's not fully through, mate, is he? Not fully through. Exactly. He should be building burger bars and junk food. <laughs> that's what they should. That's what we need. More couches on the street so that people, the yobs can just sit down and not be fit and healthy to chase you. But it's Stop good you. though, man, because if people didn't take um, take a look in on some people sometimes, then they'll go the wrong way. There was a programme on this week, Chris Eubank, who was a former, um, what was it, super middleweight and middleweight world champion? Um, yep. British, held the title for having the title for the longest reign of a British champion at the time when he held it. I think it was like nine fights or something. Anyway, he was on Piers Morgan this week. Not the sort of thing I'd watch normally, but there was a few interesting things. I'm going to just say two of them. 
Number one, yep. Eubank was a little rotter. Do you know what I mean? Until he found boxing. Rotter. That sounded almost worse than he was a little rotter. That's what he was. <laughs> He's a little rotter. Little rotter. They needed Cam's chin up bars. That's what he needed. <laughs> well, he got into boxing, sorted See, it out. Cam- See what's happening, mate. He's making violent people. You see what I'm saying? Another interesting part. Piers Morgan <clears> asked him why he speaks how he does. And Chris Eubank said that the programme Upstairs Downstairs yeah. made he watched that and he wanted to be like upstairs. He wanted to talk like upstairs. Because downstairs was what he knew. He wanted to talk like upstairs. So if you haven't seen the show, the show's called Upstairs Downstairs. Do your own research. Go and have a look if you're watching. But like, let people know the way I talk is not because of upstairs, downstairs, or no. any such program. I just talk like this. All, the, all your love of avocados. <laughs> None of it. You're a middle class man, and you speak how you choose. I speak how I happen to speak, I suppose. There you go. How I happen to speak. Pronouncing every H like a Jamaican. I want a hag. Listen, mate. Talking to you. Go on, then. On Rodigan, yeah. Um, on Sunday, when I was on my reggae music part of Sunday, right. he had an interview with an artist named uh, Beanie Man. Now, Beanie Man's a reg- ragger artist, reggae artist from time. 20 year, 21 year career, doing really well still. And he said that when he was younger, he had a stammer. So he used to go to get the food for his mother from the shop and he would like sing oh, mate. the food. Yeah, they sing the food, yeah. yeah so, I've like, got a mate like that. Me want a pound of flour and a piece of egg. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, not a piece of egg, that don't really work. Is this one of your tunes again? Well, that's <laughs> another, another one of your efforts, your sponsored efforts, to uh, get, one of your, get one of your lyrics out there. Jonathan Prince, sponsored by A Piece of Egg. And you don't get cams. Oh, the compound. The compound. Compound Jim, coming to an estate near you. Here's <laughs> the thing. Miss Eubank was always my favourite boxer. Same. And my friends, they loved Michael Watson. And where we live... It was that it was um, all like East London, but my friends were in Islington, and that night of the fight, Eubank, Michael, uh, Michael Watson, they put um, Eubank in a Spurs shirt and Watson in an Arsenal shirt, and so it was frenzied that night. It was the last boxing match I ever watched because everyone was going mental because Watson was all over him, and then Eubank pulled out one thump, and that was the last thing I ever bet on and the last boxing match I ever watched. Really, really disturbed me. But Eubank, and like you, Beanie Man, um, they use their, uh, what do you want to call it, their speech impediments to, to, to help make them who they were, right? And I had to have speech therapy when I was a kid as well. Oh, really? I didn't naturally, yeah, I didn't naturally talk about this. No, no. I'm being serious. And what was, uh, what was your, what was the difference I between used, how you talk now well, and then? Because I was only around Irish people, right? So, I had an Irish accent, and there's, there was recordings of me like I used about six or seven years of age talking like that. Like a chipmunk on helium. Mummy, mummy, could I go out to play now? Kind of thing. And um, so, what I did was, because I didn't want to get mocked at school, I mimicked other people's accents, which is where I learned to do other people's accents, right? And I came across this kind of Cockney accent just because then uh, the sheer number of people outside the house who were Cockneys. And it all came to a head one day in about, like, 1978 when I come in from playing football. I'm like, Mama, Kajigawa. She said, what? Kajigawa. What? Kajigawa. Say it slowly. Kajigawa. 
it's me, I say me, I say me, I drink water. So I, my dad, he spent like 20 pence to get me this speech therapy thing, right? And what they taught me to do was do this with my hand, to speak slowly, you tour your hand. And I would say, um, may I have a drink of water, please? And my mum would say, say it again. I go, may I have a drink of water, please? And when we used to have like friends around and that, uh, my mum would go, John, come in here and do that posh talk you've learned. Oh, this is costing us fortune, having elocution lessons, because they're really snobby people. And I go, may I have a drink of water, please? And I figured years later, I must have had the same speech therapist as Chris Eubank, because I was actually learning to speak like this. And before I knew it, I was articulating and enunciating in the same manner. May I have a glass of water, please? You know what's interesting about that? Not only what you've said, but also that resonates with me, right? Because I, when I was younger, used to speak super quick so when i heard the beanie man thing it was like it was quite it made me smile because it resonated <laughs> with me yeah i used to speak so quick that my mum would make me ask people in the shops for something like whatever it was that she was going in the shop for she would push for me to ask for it to show me that no one would understand you if you talk that quickly and that i suppose made me slow down so that my diction is how it is now we don't know no let's just get to it this is my tune of the week very important tune right very important tune Hit me with your rhythm stick. Ian Drury, right? The man was an amazing songwriter and he was an amazing person. And I'm, um, I'm into that today because, as you no doubt know, today is the anniversary of the first polio vaccinations in, um, in America. Oh, I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah, polio is a big, big thing, man. It used to muck up a lot, a lot of people. 1954. Uh, Jonas Selk, I think his name was, he um, yeah, gave the first polio vaccine. And, and so especially now we've got this COVID thing and all these people saying, should we get a vaccine, should we not get a vaccine? Just thought it was kind of appropriate for people to realise that there was a time when loads of people out there had polio, died from measles and all that stuff. And then they got vaccinated and maybe it's coincident, maybe it's not. Because you're a pharmacist, maybe you can explain to me so first off, I'm a chemist. Chemist, pharmacist. Chemist. Go down a pharmacy, go down a chemist. So like a chemist would understand chemistry and a pharmacist would understand the results thereof that have been made into a drug. I suppose it's a really crude way to put it. Um, but no, what was your question? Sorry, did, you just, did you just kick my ass then? Did no, you just, like, I didn't. <laughs> slap me down. Bitch slap me. Just... Oh, you said it to Mr. T then, didn't you? Get my way full. Edit, let me tuck my gold back in. Hold on. Right, so you're clever, Clods, right? Well, vaccine, some of them. What, what would you wish to know? I suppose some of the suspicion out there, and I don't really want to necessarily talk about such things, because one thing I do know is that I'm not a specialist in vaccines, I'm not a virologist. I'm not um, a specialist in understanding the stats. Did you get vaccinated when you were a kid? Did you get vaccinated when you were a kid? Yeah, I currently have the flu vaccination every year. Like, I'll offer that up to people, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Is that like a dark secret? 
Is that going to lose you credibility in Waitrose and St. Albans? <laughs> when, you go, when you go to play Almas. Do you know what? I'll let you win that one. 1-0. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? All these people going, I'm not getting vaccinated against COVID. It's not real. And like, okay, it's fair enough. But people don't get tend to get polio anymore in this country or smallpox. I think it's a good point. And, you know, typhoid, plague. No. Indeed. Maybe it's a coincidence. Although the plague, don't know about that one, putting that one in there, because that weren't like, okay. no one ever, no one ever done that. Job, didn't it? You're like, I don't care about small possible. Yeah, don't talk about plague, man. Well. <laughs> might be a chemist, but I know things about that one. <laughs> Come you know, on. Did you see it? Did you see it in my mind? Right? Your passion. Well, because I don't know how true this is, man, but I thought that a lot of the green spaces in London are there because that's where they buried the dead from the plague, deep, and they don't ever want them to not be green spaces. Because they never found a cure for the plague, so they don't want them to be dug up. Do you know what I mean? Just in case it comes back. In general, so, but maybe that's not true. As I, as I said that out loud, it sounded mental. Do you know what? The more I hear about Cam and his compound movement, encouraging them teenagers to go into the plague parks and exercise instead of taking in deep breaths, man, to kill them off. Go on, Cam. You're my man. <laughs> compound. Me and compound. The biggest conspiracy. Kill off the youth, then. <laughs> it's all linked, mate. It's all linked. I see it. Now, the man's a genius. And Cameron, he was in on it. <laughs> Do you know when someone makes an observation, an, an observation, and you feel that you just got to share it because it made you laugh? Let's have it. A friend made a fantastic observation. They said that um, Pretty Patel was... Sorry, not... can you call her by her proper name? Very Pretty Patel. Um, was And I didn't say this. They said was not dissimilar... To Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. Let there, let it fly. Hang on, let's go back. I've just objectified a woman because that's what I do. Because I'm a man. Okay, I can't help it. I'm genetically predisposed to to find women attractive or to want to mate and breed. Okay, that's what that's what I am. It's in my genetic makeup. I know it's wrong, and I try not to breed with everyone. However, very pretty tell. She hot, man. She does it for me. She's got that stern kind of school teacher. No, you can't get to bed with me. You were bed with me last week. And on this graph, it says three times last year. You can wait. And I'll be like, oh, very pretty. Oof, you know, there's, there's psychology in them sort of things as well, you know. So some would say that persons who hold positions of power like yeah. in would like or be attracted to sexual situations where they have no power. You understand? And then the other I'm side, if someone is... Shout, very, is what you're saying to me? Well, I'm saying if someone's really jovial, uh, they might want to... They might find someone very serious and stern attractive. I mean, opposites attract is what I'm saying. Are you saying it's all about chemistry? Well, I'm not talking about chemistry because don't get into trouble. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Get off the fence. Is she very pretty, Patel? She's pretty, yeah. Gorgeous, man. And why does Samuel L. Jackson leave? What, what is uh, we saying that she's a, a sellout or a coconut or a bounty or any of that kind of stuff? Or what? Stop. Okay, let's explain the observation. In, in Django Unchained, there is a, um, it, it kind of shows an order of slavery in which those in the field would be looked upon by those in the house as lesser, but those in the house and in the field will both be looked upon as lesser than anything that, anyone that would be white. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. how, it, that's how it was. Um, and in the house, uh, there was like a head slave. He did not like black people. He was black, but he didn't like black people. And he was played by Samuel L. Jackson. And this person made the observation that seemingly 
pretty Patel. Very pretty. Expresses yeah. some of the similar sorts of. Well, she doesn't like black people. Opinions. No. <laughs> what? She thinks she's white. Mate. Is that what it is? Um, no. No. Like, because the guy in Samuel L. Jackson, if you see the movie, you'll get it, right? Because the guy in the movie, mate. The guy in the it's movie rubbish. doesn't think he's white, does he? No, he's a horrible, evil character. And Samuel L. Jackson plays him to Oscar winning standards, mate. That Indeed. character made me just want to go out and beat up butlers. It, Obviously, I appreciate some of us, uh-huh. no names mentioned, probably had a butler when they're growing up in the ghetto. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> the rest of us, bloody Irish, with our stammers and our stats, and I'm out of a glass of water for We never know butler to ask for a glass of water, please. I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to say now. So my point is this, Pretty Patel, she, I think she's horrible to everyone. I don't think she's particularly more so or less so. I think it's all about money and class. I think the person's comment was stemming from something that was said when asked in an interview, do you realise the policy that you are proposing would mean that your parents wouldn't be allowed to stay in this country or have been able to stay and grow in this country? And the response was, yes, I do realise that. And that was where it was basically born from. Like, but you know, Hitler youth used to turn in their parents. Man. They used to turn in their parents for saying things about Adolf at the dinner table. Really? Yeah. So you know, there's a lot. A lot of people have cultural dissonance and you know identity things. I've got um, a mate um, whose name is Seamus. He got convicted for football hooliganism back in the nineties because he was a big England fan and. Where he got his conviction was when England played Ireland. I'm like, Seamus, how did you feel in court? <laughs> You're a dollar Irish. Really, Mr. McAnally? <laughs> How's that work out at home? And, and the thing is, as interesting as that is, I, feel, I find it equally interesting when a child will blindly follow what a parent has done. So, for example, some people will say, my parents voted Labour, so they voted Labour all their life, such and such, such and such, and they will vote Labour because of this history attached to their family and that thing, without necessarily digesting the thing and whether they agree with the path. I think that's... Yeah, but that's because you ain't got kids, mate. That's why. Maybe. You just ain't got kids. It's that blunt, right? Listen, you're having reggae Sunday. Do you think that was your own free choice? <laughs> that was so your dad. Sitting you down, going, we don't wear the Osman. You know, I want to listen to the Osman. You want some more Marley? I imagine. Or maybe you've got one of the staff to do it. Do you know what? But, That's like 2 1 now. You just slap me down there. I'm just all over you now since you kicked my pharmacy chemist ass. Woy. Woy. You've not been the same since you got slight sponsorship. That's what's happened. Since you start taking backhanders. In the box, mate. Anyone wants to sponsor me? Put it, put it in the box, mate. I've got to give a shout out, right? So people might have noticed that we've got a new logo now. Um, we've got a, well, a new logo, a logo for the show. Um, and I want to big, give a big, big up to the person who created this for me. His name is uh, Willie D. D-W-E. Um, and Willie D. Willie D. And he's been over the last year or so, he's gone through health issues and things. Um, nice. Like, uh, I don't want to chat his business, but like, big up, big up Willie D. And thank well, you, you for you doing You intrigued me now. Um, He's just got inquisitive now. It's like, so the guy's had health issues. Is he still battling them? Has he got through them? Has he overcome them? He's through them. He's definitely on the road to recovery. He has hard times and good times. And I think in creating the, um, I think you wouldn't mind me saying this, in creating the logo, it really gave him a reason to wake up and feel, have something to do. So I'm really grateful that he's done it, but I'm also really grateful that it's affected him in a positive way. So anyone out there, if you feel like 
a bit down and stuff. It's just to share that. It, no, we are grateful, man. Yeah, we, we are even grateful. The un, even the unsponsored one amongst us is grateful. <laughs> <laughs> even the one I get, like, plague money. Plague money, that's what it is. Plague money. Plague money. Get all the same kids in the park with all the profit. Cameras giving Cam. Plague money. Cam and Cameron. Hang on, hang on. Cameron and Cam. Why, what's happened Same there? person, isn't it? Your mate, Cameron. Your mate, Cam, is Cameron, isn't he? Cameron? Who's Cameron now? David Cameron. Oh, see. I've outed you now, mate. This mysterious Cam you're referring to is David Cameron, isn't it? It's but I'm, I'm not. I'm not even going to bite. I'm not going to bite, mate. I'm not going to bite. Um, this is a bit silly, but I was, you know, like in lockdown, we can think some stupidness, and then you think, stop. Just... I clearly demonstrate it every week, mate. I can think of some stupidness. I was thinking, like, so it annoys me that like people think that because I'm black, that I'm going to be late, right? Do you think it annoys Egyptians that people think they walk like that, or is that just a British thing from the song? Right. Can I just point out to the people who are listening to this on our new Spotify? I've seen. <laughs> Jonathan's now lost the plot and is now walking like an Egyptian around his kitchen in his sponsor top. But that walk like an Egyptian, I think that's a British thing. I think American listeners don't. There's a, there's a song, right, called Walk Like an Egyptian, and people do a particular dance in the song. Like, yeah. like that. And, um, yeah. So you're the Bangles song, Walk Like an Egyptian? Yes. And. Back in the old days, Jonathan King did Egyptian reggae, same dance. The, Bob Hope did the sand dance, same dance. Really? That dance from time. I'm sorry, but reggae Sunday, when you're there, went to sleep and you put on Miley Cyrus and then the bangles and started walking around the front room like an Egyptian. That goes back decades, mate. Probably even longer. Who knows? Maybe someone's got the time to do the research. There's a couple um, of things here. Jonathan King has just, he smacked me down as well with one up from my name. Anyway. Well, and also he was, um, wasn't he, did he serve a sentence for having an, uh, a, a relationship with underage boys? I did not so Yeah, so suddenly you're not quite so in awe of him, are you? The prince looking at the king thinking. Mm, I'm glad I'm the prince. Yeah, definitely. But if he dies, do you become the king? Nah. So, hold on, that, song, that dance existed before yeah. the song I'm thinking of. Yeah. But do you reckon the British made it up? I don't know. You need Google. You confuse me with Google, mate. Right in the comments, yeah. man. People like, tell us what do you think. Yeah. What do you if think? If you've got nothing better to do with your life... Does walk like uh, an Egyptian mean anything to you? Does it conjure images of a certain walk? Put it in the comments. Yeah, I, I was kind of... I probably missed out on that one. Uh, uh, mine was more sort of... Um, Candy dance, that was that was a bit bigger, I think. Um, in my youth. So you're gonna have to explain to some people what the candy dance is, mate. Can't right. it out like that. When, when cameo comes on. We don't know the lies.